Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Justice League in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. The DCEU has put out another big film this year uh, on the heels of Wonder Woman. And Wonder Woman uh, impressed everybody. You know, it was critically fresh. It had an incredible run at the box office. And people have been talking up Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins and the film itself uh, nonstop since it came out. And, you know, pushing it for Oscar campaigns and all these other sorts of things. Which, in my opinion, might be a little bit ambitious, but but nevertheless is a remarkable success story uh, in the face of so many failures in the DCEU. And so, fans have been waiting with bated anticipation and uh, nail-biting nervousness over the premiere of Justice League. And I, I would count myself among those people. I have been a big fan of Batman as a character, you know, I used to watch the um, Burton Batman films, uh, I love everything Nolan did with Batman, and so I've been, I mean, I'm still kind of tepidly looking forward to a solo Batfleck movie, I don't know that it's going to happen, uh, rumors are circulating about various casting decisions, Bat, uh, Affleck's own departure from the Justice League DCEU, so, you know, I don't, I don't know what that's going to yield, and uh, I, I'm still, you know, Christian Bale will probably always be my Batman, just because of how old I was when that movie, those movies came out, and just the fact that The Dark Knight is one of my absolute favorite films of all time, so high standards for any Batman film for me going forward, and I think for most people, because he has been successfully created and rebooted multiple times um and uh so it's just this movie had a lot resting on it it had to hopefully as far as fans were concerned continue the progress made by wonder woman earlier this year it had to re-establish this cinematic universe that was kind of fumbled <laughs> significantly fumbled in batman v superman and pave the way for a whole host of new characters to have their own solo movies in the coming years. Aquaman, Flash, Cyborg, Batman himself even, you know, etc., etc. And that's a lot of weight to put on any film. You know, it's it's easy to go around and, and you know, poke fun at Batman v Superman. It's easy to make fun of Suicide Squad and, and Man of Steel and even Justice League. But... The, the pressure on these films to to do as well as they as their counterparts over at Marvel is enormous. You know, Marvel took a huge risk and gamble in assembling the MCU, and you know, against all the odds, against all the odds, they were successful. Uh, you know, this is you know maybe not at the time, but since but looking back at it now, like Avengers has one of the most incredible casts ever put to film. And to just think of, you know, a sort of Robert Altman-esque superhero movie is insane. And yet here we have DC and Warner Brothers trying to sort of capture lightning in a bottle in the same way that the Avengers did. And that's not, like, it's, it's even more difficult because the Avengers system and the Avengers formula works so well that for DC to go against that formula and also try to be successful is even more difficult. And while in the past we've seen that Superman movies can work, that Batman movies can work, we've never seen those types of characters interacting on the big screen in a live-action film before. You know, we've seen many, many iterations of the comic book, uh, of, or of the animated films, uh, doing this, you know, with Justice League animated films um, and, and and many other situations such as that. 
but you know that's a completely different animal you know dc has done a great job with their animated films in my opinion and um we all just want the same thing in the live action versions and a lot of that blame is being placed on Zack snyder and rightfully so you know he love him or hate him and, and and despite how you feel about the movies he's made that aren't part of the dcu you know whether you like 300 or sucker punch or Watchmen, or, or Dawn of the Dead, or, or whatever, he has a pretty negatively impacted track record for the films he's made. Um, the vast majority of them are rotten on Rotten Tomatoes, and the ones that people flock to are more in a cult fanboyish type of way. And that's always going to be a problem when trying to translate a, a director like that into the mainstream. And in, not that Zack Snyder wasn't really a mainstream director, but like 300 and, and the Justice League are two vastly different IPs. And so, whereas with Marvel, you have them creating these films that are appealing to everyone across the board. And the DCU films seem to be trying to market themselves directly to DC fanboys from a Zack Snyder point of view. And that's, that's kind of the problem, right? Like, that's where we fall into this trap of we want to give the fanboys what they want, and the people who aren't the fanboys don't want that. And even the execution of what the fanboys want is, generally speaking, not gone well. It's gone poorly. And all, at the end of the day, you wind up with this amalgamation of films that just don't succeed on a storytelling level, on a tone level, on an artistic and acting and characterization level. And say what you want about Marvel. Uh, you know, I, I'm a big fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I was not really knowledgeable about most of the Marvel characters prior to their um, realization in the live action films. And as you know, I would count myself as more a fan of DC characters than of Marvel characters, but the Marvel characters have been so perfectly actualized in their films that it's really difficult to not be impressed and not enjoy all the material they're putting out. You know, you know, even if you don't like an Iron Man two or a Thor: The Dark World, uh, you know. I think, and, and with Thor The Dark World being maybe the one exception to this situation, you know, at least in Iron Man 2, you have a, a Robert Downey Jr. being Iron Man, being Tony Stark flawlessly. You know, I think Robert Downey Jr. is the pinnacle of what being a superhero and being a character really is, because Tony Stark does not, he could never, I don't think, exist as anyone else besides Robert Downey Jr. going forward. No one can see him any any other way. Whereas, this entire time, we cannot help but recast Batman and recast Superman and recast Cyborg and Aquaman and all these other characters because we don't feel like the people playing them right now are those people. You know, and that's that's a big problem. You know, outside of Wonder Woman, and in my opinion, The Flash as well, I, I think those two have done a significantly solid job of embodying who those characters are and portraying them in a way that feels individually and individual and unique to those actors otherwise i could take or leave any of the people playing these roles you know from you know even down to the most of the characters in suicide squad you know i love i love margot Robbie and i i love will smith but i don't really know that those characters like even margot Robbie as harley quinn isn't defining as her like, like the look is but i don't know that the performance is we haven't seen enough of her yet you know we get we've gotten two out of these five films have been team-up movies three if you include batman v superman and like none of these characters have been fully established you know suicide squad is not guardians of the galaxy it is too big it is too sprawling and and too muddled and messy and, you know, Batman v Superman is not Civil War either. You know, Civil War took 
like a dozen films to build up to it and Batman Superman tried to do it with one you know the the just the logistics and sensibilities in the DCU have been problematic from the start which is why what made Wonder Woman such a surprise you know I love Wonder Woman I think it's a great movie and one of my favorites from this year it's in my top 20 right now and Gal Gadot is fantastic in that role I think she she is Wonder Woman and I would find it difficult to see another character take on that mantle. And so, you know, at the very least, I was excited to see more of that character in Justice League. I was excited to see more Gal Gadot. I was excited to see her banter and interactions with the other characters in the Justice League. And that was my biggest draw. Um, You know, I'd seen the trailers. I knew generally what to expect. Um, I presumed Superman would make a return. I knew that the cast was growing and growing and growing. I knew that they were going to dabble into Aquaman and the Flash and Cyborg's lives and try and help build up those characters in this movie. And again, I was not happy with that decision, but okay, we're we're there already. And it just kind of came down to being whether or not the film could take a step forward and whether or not the film could pull back on the darkness and uh, sort of bleakness that we've seen in so many of the other DCEU films. Can we have a Superman that's actually like a beacon of light? Because for all the talk about him being such a thing, he isn't and hasn't been in the previous two films he's made an appearance in. Can we have, you know, a more sort of shining and exemplary uh, comparison between, like, a Batman and a Wonder Woman? You know, can we have that dynamic be genuine? And, you know, we, we only got a brief glimpse of it in Batman v Superman. But I wasn't super, ple- uh, I wasn't super impressed by the way those characters interacted in that movie. And, you know, the relationship between Batman and Superman themselves was problematic and difficult to wrap your head around. And can, you know, the Flash appears to be very humorous, very comedic in the trailers. And it was a question, like, was that going to fit in the DCEU? Could they make those moments flow and not stand out the way that they clearly would have in Batman v Superman? Uh, So... You know, there were so many balls up in the air, so many questions that had to be answered, and you couldn't really take the critics' reactions uh, at face value because so many of them are coming from two different directions. They're either saying, you know, it's just a continuation of BVS and the, you know, furthering the downward spiral that is the DCEU, or on the other hand, they're you know talking about the redemption arc in the form of Wonder Woman and now Justice League, and nary the two shall meet. I don't know. I, I kind of fall somewhere in the middle of that, uh, but but it's it's troubling. It's problematic, and I don't think that Flashpoint is a get out of jail free card. I don't think moviegoers are prepared for that eventuality and I think with how much I've seen that topic come up in forums and message boards and and reviews I just I I think it's inevitable but I don't know that fans are really going to glom onto that you know that's again another very much a fanboy idea and um, 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 uh, sensibility and you can't it's one thing to reboot a uh, like a Spider-Man and recast him and reintroduce him to the general public. It is a much different thing to say, "Oh no, all that still happened. We're just re we're just flashpointing the entire DCEU into a completely new character world thing." Like I, I don't know, it's 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 just not feasible in on this scale and I don't think I don't think we're ready for it I think it'd be way too soon even if it happens five years from now and I I just I find it 
deeply troubling that that could be the direction we're heading. So I think, I think DC, in my opinion, I think the DC problem stems mostly from underwriting its characters uh, and underwriting the villains. You know, DC has the best villains uh, of DC and Marvel, in my opinion, and they've wasted all of the ones that have appeared on screen, in my opinion. Um, from Man of Steel's Zod, wasted, uh, to Joker, to uh, Lex Luthor, to to uh, to Ares, and, and to this movie, Steppenwolf, all wasted. Which is f- frustrating, because they're all given pretty good actors, you know? Uh, you've got Michael Shannon, and Jesse Eisenberg, and Jared Leto, and uh, Kieran Hines. <sighs> It's it's these are really well respected, uh, critically acclaimed actors who, for one whatever the reason may be, aren't given the reins, aren't given the creative range to really explore these characters in a way that would be fascinating and interesting for the general public. And you can't help but wonder, like, is that a problem going on behind the scenes? Uh, is that a problem with the writing? Is it the direction? Is it the producers are, um, or is it maybe that we're just not devoting enough time to those those characters? Because I, I I don't know what we're devoting our time to. You know, the DCU is now pumping out these films faster than they can really make them, and so maybe we just don't get enough time to reflect and understand and learn the characters before they have to be sent to uh, the cutting room floor. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I Justice League, let me talk about it. Uh, so, before we go into a spoiler section, let me, let me focus more on, on Justice League, the film itself, um, and kind of move away from this DCEU bashing, I guess you could call it. Uh, so, Justice League brings together Flash, Cyborg, Aquaman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, uh, in order to fight this new threat, Steppenwolf, uh, who is going after the uh, DC version of the Infinity Stones, the Mother Boxes. There's three of them. They're all on Earth. Uh, one is being guarded by the Amazons, the other by the Atlanteans, and the last by humans. And when Steppenwolf finds all three, if he can, if he can find all three and put them together, uh, he will bring about the destruction and rebirth of the earth in his own image uh, which would be a fire and brimstone hellscape doesn't sound very fun sounds pretty um, painful and excruciating and impossible to live on and it would be for humans and amazonians and atlanteans so that being said uh you know batman and wonder woman are kind of the first two to figure this out and must do something. And their response is, let's track down the Flash, let's track down Aquaman, let's track down the Cyborg, and form a team. You know, you know not the worst response. Uh, you know, they definitely have a pretty strange and diverse group of people here. It's not... I mean, there's not as many women, like, there's just as many women in Justice League as there are in the Avengers. Uh, I would say there's better representation in Justice League than there is in Avengers, as far as non-white people goes. Uh, there's two, and Avengers has Ro- Rhodey. Uh, I feel like I might be missing, like, an obvious one, but I don't think I am. So, there's that, uh, and... I guess Falcon, Rodian Falcon, Rodian Falcon. So, but like those are such minor members of the Avengers, whereas you've literally got Aquaman and Cyborg, who are principal characters in this this film. So, their goal is to find the Mother Boxes before Steppenwolf, and hopefully defeat Steppenwolf in the process. And um, he's very powerful. Uh, we see this fun but but ultimately mundane uh, flashback sequence of Steppenwolf fighting everything 
and it took everything to back that, him into retreating. Not defeat, retreat. So think about this. You have literal gods uh, who have descended to Earth to fight Steppenwolf, and the best they can achieve is a retreat from Steppenwolf. Okay, That's the level of power we're putting this character on. He is insanely powerful. Uh, he's like a twice-tall human being, size-wise, with uh, a big hammer-shaped weapon. He has presumably like a healing factor, super strength, super speed, all this stuff. And it's just, um, you know, difficult. It sounds really difficult. <laughs> you know, he definitely seems more powerful than the villains we've seen in the past in these movies. And that's, that's a good thing. That is a good launching off point. It's a good baseline for your villain. And so, with, so, so to kind of divert from that uh, into before we go into, <laughs> before we hit spoiler section, to go about back to like the Justice League characters. So we get to see Batfleck again, and he is essentially running point on this team. He is the one, you know, he calls to attention uh, Wonder Woman. He's the one who goes and meets the Flash, and he, to his credit, I think that this movie did a little bit better for Batfleck than BVS. And I know a lot of people point to Batman v Superman and that, that great fight scene and action choreography scene that Batman gets. Fine. I, I'll cede that point. Everything else from BVS that Batman is in, bad. Everything in, in Justice League, okay. You know, just okay. But that's better than bad. And, you know, Batman gets a couple of quippy lines here and there. He... I don't think Affleck delivers them very well, but the lines themselves are okay enough to not be cringeworthy. And then you've got his, I think his relationship with The Flash is decent. Uh, his relationship with Wonder Woman is puzzling, and I think that they don't do enough with it. It's sort of supposed to be the main relationship amongst the Justice League, if you don't include Superman. And it doesn't feel that way. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't seem like these characters are really considering each other as equals, necessarily. And I, I think that that's kind of an issue that the movie doesn't ever figure out a way to solve. Uh, so, meanwhile, uh, Batman also goes to recruit Aquaman, who rebuffs him and says no. And... I was I was really excited to see Jason Momoa's take on Aquaman, but I think at the end of the day it didn't wow me the way it, I wanted it to. And the scenes in the trailer that he's in that I thought were interesting uh, were not quite so f exciting when seen in the context of the film. His interactions with Batman, I think he did, I mean he's better than Affleck in my opinion, but not by much. And it's only the fact that his scenes with Batman. Uh, edge to him that really make it worthwhile in those that context. His best scene comes much later in the film uh, that involves the entire Justice League sans Superman and uh, involves the well I won't, I won't go into any further details but it involves the whole thing and, and it's just Aquaman talking to them. I liked that I liked that aspect of his character a lot. I thought that was a really good scene and really well done. And then that brings us to Cyborg, who is, man, I, Cyborg's character is fascinating. And I think really interesting if we could have understood him better. And yet, we, he is the least explained, you know, he and Aquaman are probably the least explained characters in the Justice League. We don't really know his abilities. We don't really know why his abilities are the way they are. We get basically a Hulk description of him in that the machine and the mind are two separate entities fighting for control of this form. And that's just not enough because it, it, it's, it's definitely enough for Hulk because Hulk is primal and Hulk is animalistic and you can embody Hulk 
you know, you know that Banner is a scientist and you know that Hulk is just kind of like this rage monster. Cyborg is not that because we don't know who uh, Ray Fisher really is before he becomes Cyborg. And we don't know who Cyborg is. Like, it's a machine, but it's connected to the internet and it's able to morph its body in ways that uh, uh, he doesn't understand and has never done before, which is also kind of strange. And, uh, you know, to his credit, like, we feel the same confusion that's on Ray Fisher's face a lot of the times that things are happening that he can't control. But we don't understand in hindsight what that means. We don't fully understand where his character can, can go and what his character can do and what sort of is happening to him. We get a, the most... The, the thinnest of threads as to how he was built by his father and that's not enough really like that's just not enough so uh, it, it's it's frustrating because we end up with this really fascinating character that doesn't get it doesn't have any expl explanation to him in cyborg you know we get aquaman who has basically as much screen time and impact as Cyborg, except he's not as interesting of a character. We get Flash, who is interesting. Like, Ezra Miller, I thought, was really good as Flash. The one high point in this movie of all of the of the whole thing was definitely Ezra Miller, in my opinion. I thought he was very funny. I thought he did a lot of great, had a lot of great scene-stealing moments. Um, and they come at the expense of usually himself, which I think is really charming and fascinating. I was not sold on his relationship with his father in this movie, but as I shouldn't have been, because I don't think we even needed those scenes, to be honest. I, I understand what purpose they serve, but I, I don't think they needed to be in there. And I think his dynamic with the team was pretty good all around. Uh, his relationship with Batman, his relationship... Uh, with Superman, his relationship uh, with with those two are really only ones. You know, everyone else he kind of briefly has a passing fancy. With, uh, or, it's not what I mean. Everyone else, like so, Wonder Woman, Cyborg, and Aquaman, he doesn't really interact with them a lot. So, it, you know, it, even even this highlight has its own has significant flaws. So. All of that kind of encapsulated. The film is fine in terms of the DCU, but bad in general, in my opinion. It comes in fairly low. Uh, it's it's. I give it a 39, so it just misses the cusp of 40, but that puts it solidly ahead of uh, Batman v Superman, which I give it 24, and Man of Steel, which got a 30. So it's a big step up from those two movies, in my opinion. Uh, I still put it behind Suicide Squad and way behind uh, Wonder Woman. So it's it's not by any stretch. I I think <laughs> here's the thing: like it's people keep calling it like a step in the right direction. It's not. You know, it has good elements, but on the whole, it's. We're still moving backwards, just slower. That's how I think of it. And I don't know, you know, maybe the next film will get us to, like, stop moving backward. Like, maybe if they can do Aquaman well enough, and if Wonder Woman 2 turns out to be critically successful again, like, maybe we can start start to stop the movement backwards. And only at that point, you know, can we finally begin to move in the right direction. Because it's really that... We're, and, and, and even at that point, we're so far behind the, the starting line, the starting line, that it's going to take a long time to build up that goodwill and to get us back to a point where we can really embrace this universe. And I, I, I don't know what that's going to take. To be honest, I think they've dug themselves quite a big hole. And... As much as I am looking forward to a Wonder Woman 2, you know, I guess I'm looking forward to Aquaman. I guess I'm looking forward to a Flash solo movie, but um, 
more in the, <laughs> I'm looking forward to them more so in the sense that they're going to be fantastic for my spreadsheet and less so in the sense that, yeah, I think these movies are going to be good outside of Wonder Woman. You know, whereas on the other hand, I'm really looking forward to Black Panther and Infinity War, like all the Marvel movies, I'm expecting them to be good. The track record is there and DCU just doesn't have that. So again, a pretty, a, a bad film from the DC, entry into the DCU, but not as bad as the other, most of their films. Uh, and, and in my opinion, the best movie to feature Superman uh, since, hmm, I don't know. I mean, I forget what I gave Superman Returns. Nope, I think Superman Returns is better. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, Justice League pre-spoilers. Uh, there will be a spoiler section. So stick around after the next little bit brief, brief thing if you have seen the movie or don't care about the spoilers uh, because I'm going to talk about the spoilers. So Justice League, 39 from me, but I, I don't know what they could have done given Zack Snyder and... and the direction the, move, the the franchise was already headed. So let's move into spoilers now for the Justice League. Any path, so many worth exploring. Just one would be so boring. And look what you're ignoring. So spoilers for Justice League. Uh, Superman does return, but we knew that. And I, uh, I, I'll put this toward the end, though. Uh, I have issues with Superman, but that's mostly just as a character in and of himself, not not specifically to uh, Cavill's portrayal or his uh, characterization in the movie. So that'll come later. But first off, Cavill much better in this movie than in BVS or Batman of Steel. I wasn't as pissed off at the the take on Superman in this movie as I've been in the past. So you know, point to this movie, it kind of salvaged a little bit of a, whatever you want to call it, uh, a little bit of a good grace in, in terms of Superman for me, and that was pleasant. Uh, on the other hand, Steppenwolf as a villain, we definitely get the sense of his power, like he comes into, uh, he enters uh, Themyscira, wrecks the Amazons, pretty much slaughters the vast majority of them, takes the box thing, leaves, hits Atlanta, wrecks them, takes the box thing, leaves, um, and then in like the blink of an eye, blink and you miss it, takes the human box um, right after the resurrection of Superman. So his ability to defeat people who we know are very powerful in uh, um, the Amazons and the Atlanteans is significant and substantial and the movie needed to do didn't really need to do much more than that to show me that he's strong we get a good scene between uh steppenwolf and the justice league when they fight each other uh and this is kind of the first outing for the justice league as a team and they do fairly well you know we get to see the flash kind of struggling to be a hero and putting himself in the face of danger and he saves a lot of people you know you get that a really, really good scene with him as he pushes the sword uh, into Wonder Woman's hand and then subsequently trips over his own feet, which I thought was endearing. You have uh, Batman being mostly useless, which was interesting. He is not combat ready. He is too old. He cannot fight things that fly very well anyway. And um, even his his tech, his his ships, his vehicles are far better served in the hands of, like, Cyborg, because Cyborg can just fucking plug into them and do whatever he wants with them. Uh, meanwhile, you have Alfred, Jeremy Irons, who's entirely wasted. Entirely wasted. Like, I... I uh, sigh. Uh, so moving past that, uh, you have... You get to see Wonder Woman and Steppenwolf really sh throw down in this first kind of big fight between the two of them and given what we've seen uh relation to steppenwolf fighting the amazons and 
to be fair, like that sequence, there's some pretty awesome stuff in that sequence uh, on Themyscira. Uh, there's one moment where one of the Amazons <clears throat> jumps off her horse. Uh, How'd she do it? She like ties the box and then to ties the rope to an arrow and then shoots the arrow away from her at a different Amazon who grabs the arrow, which pulls the box with it. It's really some of these scenes are really cool. And like them, and they're so, and like the Amazon women are, are fantastic, but at the end, I mean, Steppenwolf still gets the box. Like that's just how good he is. And so, seeing him up against Wonder Woman, like you gotta suspect, like Wonder Woman's stronger than any of the Amazons uh, individually, but the Amazons as a whole team are stronger than Wonder Woman. You 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 can't like the scale has to be balanced somehow. And fittingly, Wonder Woman is not enough to take out Steppenwolf one-on-one. She can go toe-to-toe with him, and it doesn't ever really feel like Steppenwolf's gonna, like, defeat Wonder Woman straight up, but, you know, he does kind of knock the stuffing out of her. And it does take sort of Aquaman, Deus Ex Machina, to save the day, although... Eh, not really, because it's more just the fact that um, uh, Steppenwolf deflects a, an energy blast, I think. in Or no, not an energy blast. He catches a rocket and then lets it explode, blowing a pipeline, which floods the whole thing. So, you know, whatever. That's I didn't have an issue with that. I thought that was fine and, and serves as a way to end the fight without anyone losing. So... The solution and the plan is to use one of these boxes. So <laughs> Cyborg grabs the human box, which he's able to find because he plugs into the network and finds it out, finds out where it is. Fine. Again, don't really know what his powers are and what he can do because they're not fully explained to us. But he finds the box, brings it back to us, and they're going to use it to resurrect Superman. There's like a two minute long debate about this, at which point Batman says it's too risky not to do it. And so we're doing it. So they break in to uh, the Kryptonian ship where Zod was found and where Luthor resurrected um, Doomsday, essentially. And that gives us a decent scene. Like I liked seeing uh, Cyborg's use of his abilities there. They made sense to me in this scene as he's able to override the security system to approve... Uh, Flash's, like, security card thing. I I thought that was fine. And they get inside. Flash has to conjure up a a lightning bolt and strike the box at the exact moment it touches this pool, which seemed silly. And I don't know. if They put so much emphasis on it. And I don't know. It seemed like such a non-issue. So, But they do it, obviously, because they have to be able to resurrect Superman. Superman's resurrected. And he doesn't remember who he is, and he fights everybody, and Cyborg's tech reacts to Superman violently against his will. Again, unexplained. We don't really fully understand what's happening there. They have to try to subdue Superman, and they can't until uh, there's until they bring in Amy Adams, Lois Lane. She's able to calm him, and he takes her to his childhood home. Here's my thing. So this is probably where I should start talking about this. Superman is one of the worst characters in any sort of a team-up movie. I think on his own, he can exist perfectly fine. When you pair him up with Wonder Woman and Flash and Cyborg and Batman and Aquaman, it becomes so obvious why this team-up doesn't fully, fully work. Because Superman is at least as fast as the Flash, if not faster. Uh, He is just as strong as Wonder Woman. He is just as... He's far stronger than Aquaman and far stronger than Batman. Uh, He has laser beams that are stronger than any of the weapons Cyborg has. He has frost breath. And, like, he's just invincible you know short of kryptonite like what what does he have to fear and you know that's all well and good like 
if you're going to introduce Superman into a film like BVS where kryptonite is prevalently available, fine. Like, that at least makes it so I can be concerned that he's not going to win every single thing he tries to do. But, like, I don't understand why we need the Flash, why we need Wonder Woman if we have a Superman. Like, I, I need to know that he's... A, like, I, I need my Superman to be good at everything, but not the best at anything. Flash has to be faster than Superman, in my opinion. Wonder Woman has to be stronger than Superman. You know, Batman has to be shown to be more of a leader and to be more of a tactician than Superman from the uh, upfront. You know, Aquaman, they need to be involved in a scenario where Aquaman's abilities are, are brought to the forefront, where the idea of him swimming and being a faster swimmer than Superman, and being able to communicate with the sea is a point, is is a, is a linchpin in the, the plot. And, you know, Cyborg is really the only character given that in this movie because he can plug himself into a machine, and that's not something Superman can do. So that is a big issue I have with these movies. And... Even this is a point and a problem for even the animated films. Even the animated films, the DC animated universe struggles to find a way to do this. And I've never read the comics. I don't know how successful the comics are at establishing this problem, or not establishing it, but but finding a solution. But I think they're. I mean, short of like scaling back how strong Superman is, I don't know what you can do if there's no kryptonite. Because, as you can see, Superman versus the other five members of the Justice League is honestly no contest. He's, you know, there's a... Now, this scene is really funny, but it's emblematic of what I'm talking about in that the flat... Like, Superman blocks an attack from, uh, I think, Aquaman and Cyborg. Wonder Woman grabs him, and then Flash darts around him to try to get at him from behind and the, the 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 scene slows down like it has like it would like it does in like the quicksilver moments and it, it slows down to show flash moving very fast and as that happens you see the flash reacting to superman noticing his movement so like first his eyes and then his head swivels and flash is just like staring at him in awe which is hilarious but it's the that's the thing like we watch the flash and superman fight each other kind of one to one and it's not really a fight it's mostly flash just dodging because that's all he's able to do he's only fast enough to dodge and i'm not saying i mean i'm not saying that like the flash has to be 10 times faster than the superman just somewhat faster and i don't fully get that from this movie the movie goes out of its way to show that flash and superman are effectively the same speed and that's an issue because not only the same speed, but like Superman flies as fast as Flash runs and flight is always going to be like faster than running because straight lines, right? Like you can fly over trees, you can't run through trees. You can fly uh, over mountains, you don't have to run around or above or on mountains. Like it just is just going to be faster. And it's just, like, I think in the TV show, when they've had Supergirl and The Flash in the same episodes, uh, from, from my memory serves me correctly, in those episodes, it is shown that Supergirl is very fast, but Flash is definitely faster. And I just, it, it's just very frustrating for me to watch this movie. They've struggled up until this point, but not failed and then all of a sudden Superman enters, he's stronger than everyone else combined, he does enter the final fight, and as soon as he does, it's like, why do we need anybody else? It just, I, I don't know how they solve that problem at this point, because they have made him so powerful that any of the other characters are just irrelevant to me. And I don't know how you fix that at this point. Okay, that, that little rant aside, uh... Alright, so we get to see they fight Steppenwolf. It's basically keeps Steppenwolf occupied while Cyborg plugs into the boxes and allows us to separate them. Alright, whatever. Not the most interesting thing. Like, Steppenwolf has been characterized as 
power-hungry and strong, but, like, that's about it. And his parademons are largely inconsequential. It's mostly Batman and, and Flash taking care of those. Then Flash leaves to go rescue people with Superman. Uh, which leads to another humorous scene. Like, Superman and Flash dynamic is funny. Uh, you get Flash rescuing a car full of people. Good. And then he looks over and Superman is flying an entire building full of people. And it took him the same amount of time. And to his, to their credit, like, I think they played this scene really well because Flash isn't upset. He's not sad. He's not, like, embarrassed or defeated. He just kind of smiles to himself like, well, yeah, I did what I could. And he did what he could. Which is the problem, like, ah, just the problem. Okay, I'm going to get off that tangent. <sighs> so, <laughs> then you also end up with... Um, so, so, uh, da, 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 da. Cyborg is able to separate the cubes long enough for himself and Superman to pull them apart. Superman, you know, doing everything. They separate the cubes, and Superman then fights Steppenwolf and just beats the shit out of him. And then Wonder Woman gets her moment, uh, with, you know, and like Aquaman gets his moment, but like they're really inconsequential because Superman really did all the work. And then. Um, Steppenwolf kind of explodes and his horned helmet skull just kind of crashes to the ground. Fun. And that's largely it. Uh, There's not much more to it than that. We get this sort of ending narration from Amy Adams as she returns to being a reporter. Woohoo. And the movie's over. We get a mid credit scene between Flash and Superman uh, preparing to race, which I thought was cool. But again, Flash has to win that race, in my opinion. He absolutely has to win that race. I don't care what the comics did about it. I don't care what the fans say about who's faster, whether or not it is Flash, whether or not it's Superman. doesn't matter to me. In the DCEU, you, like, you have to have the Flash be faster. Or he has no reason to be there. That's literally how I feel about the subject. Then, but all, all, all in all, the way it's the scene is done, it's cute. I liked it. Then, if you wait to the very, very end of the credits, you get the scene of uh, Deathstroke, uh, Joe Manganiello, uh, pulling up alongside this boat uh, after you realize that Luthor is not in his prison cell and he is on his own yacht, uh, Deathstroke uh, appears in front of him, and Eisenberg kind of is like, seems like the guy, good guys are assembling a, a league. Maybe we should have a league of our own. And no, not the Tom Hanks share. Um, <laughs> um, uh, what's her? I can't think of her name. Uh, the starts with an R. Gina Davis is on there, there too. Not that baseball movie. Like, a, you know, Legion of Doom kind of a situation. A secret Society of Supervillains. Uh, which is interesting. Uh, I know a lot of people are super psyched for having seen that last end credit scene. I wasn't, really. Uh, you don't get enough of Manganiello to really determine how good of a deathstroke he is. No one likes Luthor, so I don't know why that is any redemption for him. If he was broken out by Joker, which is kind of suggested, then the three of them teaming up could be something interesting. But again, could suffer the same fate as Justice League. Like, look, don't team up all these people without establishing who they are in the past. You can generally default to having one unknown person in your team-up movie prior to it. You know, Usually that's the villain. If that's not the villain... Like, in Avengers, you get Hulk, kinda. And you get, like, I don't know, you can, like, have Hulk and Hawkeye. Like, Hulk is kind of a new version of Hulk. Hawkeye, you know, you've got Maria Hill. Like, none of the big characters are brand new, for the most part. And, like, BVS and Avengers, most of the big characters are new. So, it's, it's, don't, like, I don't know, make, like, a Legion of Doom movie. I, I don't know how you do it now when these villains know about each other. How can they be solo in their own movies? I'm not sure how that works. So, 
difficult. But at the end of the day, bad movie. Um, definitely had a. I definitely felt better having seen it than I felt watching Batman v Superman. I've seen Batman v Superman twice. I've seen the Ultimate Edition. I don't think the Ultimate Edition is any better than the theatrical cut. I think it is just as bad, if not worse, because it's longer. And I think Justice League is definitely a head and shoulders above Batman v Superman. Just a head above Man of Steel and just a head below Suicide Squad. So that's where I put this movie. That's how I feel about it. I don't know. Um, fans seem to be kind of a little more positive than me in general, but I can't do anything about that. I mean, I'm happy for them. If they like this movie, more power to them. Um, I'll just say, like, the most excited I got was just literally Wonder Woman entering this frame or being talked about. That was my most exciting element of this film. And they... Man, like, the, the butt shots of this movie... Really? There's a scene where Flash and, and Batman get off a plane together or something... And Wonder Woman greets them, and, like, the camera is right behind her ass, and her ass is, like, half of the shot. I just, I don't understand. Like, that's not, it's not what we're here for. We don't give a shit about that. Don't do it. It's it's sexist and offensive, and whatever. I, Joss Whedon, man. Zack Snyder. I, I don't know whose fault that part, particular shot is, but I just... I don't want Zack Snyder anywhere near my superhero movies, and I'm good with Joss Whedon stepping down from any superhero movies in the future as well. Not that I think he had any chance of saving this movie, but as far as I'm concerned, he did Avengers, he did his one good movie, Uh, I think Ultron was fine, I liked Ultron. Move on, do something new, Joss, please. So, Justice League, thank you for listening. if you would like to send any comments, concerns, questions, or answers uh, to me, send those to circleoffilm at gmail.com. If uh, you'd like to check out the show, check out the episodes, check out the spreadsheet, check out me and other information like that, head over to circleoffilm.com. And if you'd like to support the show in any way, shape, or form, check out patreon.com slash circleoffilm. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same tonight. I know she'll never even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be to say adieu. In the name of love, one night in the name of love. So long, farewell, oh, what I'll be to say. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long.